For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. when I was 19 years old in business, not knowing anything, uh, completely failing the first six months, and uh, following the failure, went to a training seminar that really equipped me to be able to go out and do something extraordinary for this girl who grew up on welfare with parents that were drug addicts and through lots of abuse and lots of challenges, and realized, that, man, I, my past doesn't matter. I can step up and do something different. And came out of my first seminar, and I made a tremendous amount of money in a very short period of time. In fact, it's about $50,000 in just a few months um, working, and now I'm 20, 21 years old and, and completely blowing my mind. Then went out and got married, and the guy that I married uh, drained my bank account, maxed out my credit cards, leaving me with a $35,000 debt. Wound up completely homeless due to a bad choice. Have you ever made one of those? <laughs> Uh, I married a guy on a whim, knowing deep down in my spirit that it was the wrong thing to do, and yet I did it anyway. Have you ever done that, or maybe it was the last time you did it was sometime in high school? Uh, I've done it too many times to count, and every time I have, it's been a big disaster. Well, this was the biggest disaster of my life up until that point. He wound up taking everything, and I wound up completely homeless. I mean, literally living, sleeping out of a car, sleeping on beaches, pub uh, showering in public places. It was horrifying, devastating debilitating. I lost my honor. I lost self-respect, self-worth. Everything that I had gained and invested in myself the year before, it was gone. And so after several weeks of living this way and just literally having every excuse in the book, uh, looking at my past and beating myself up and, and justifying why I was a failure and why I, why I was, you know, uh, experimenting with things that I should never have touched, uh, wound up getting upset with myself one day and, and, and started a business from the trunk of my car in a payphone booth because of the skills that I had invested to the year before. And that's a very important uh, thing to realize, that, you know what, life takes lots of tips and turns, and, you know, sometimes we get some great gifts, and other times we get some real dozers. And in all of that, there's one thing that you can keep for the rest of your life, and that is your skill. Whatever investment you make in your skill, you get to keep for the rest of your life. No one can take that from you. You see, my ex-husband took my money, my credit, dignity, faith, belief, uh, took my dreams, vision, took what I thought was a great future, took all that. I mean, it was stolen out from under me literally all in one day. But the one thing that he could not steal from me was my skill, the skill that I invested into the year before. And so whatever skill that you've accumulated through life, you just have to know that that's such a blessing because no one can steal that from you. You've got that. You've got experience. You've got skill. You've got ability that you can take into the marketplace, capitalize on it, and be able to turn it for some kind of profit if that's what you choose to do with it. Or you can take that talent, that skill, that ability, and donate it to other people to help other, you know, different foundations or charitable organizations or, you know, the youth or whatever. And so that's what's awesome about our skill is that we take it with us no matter what, where we're at, what we're doing. You can be dropped out of an airplane, and you know that you can take the skill that you have and survive with it, uh, depending, of course, what level of skill that you have. So after being totally homeless for way too long, went and started that business, and I made a quarter of a million dollars my very first year in business, literally from the truck of my car in a payphone booth, made my first million by the time I was uh, 23, that was by the end of my second year. And so if this young, uneducated cocktail waitress can start a business from the truck of her car,
car in a payphone booth and become a millionaire within two years, then what can you do? You have literally no excuse. I don't care where you're at, what you're doing. I don't care what your past is. You have zero excuses to be able to do the things that you think and that you say that you want to do. And so tonight, I'm going to kind of be, um, I don't know, hard on some of you. And for others of you, it's going to be very encouraging because you know you've made it past this particular stumbling block that I'm going to talk about tonight. Tonight, we're going to talk about the number one, the absolute number one biggest cause for failure in America today or in human beings, period. The number one cause for failure. I'm going to camp out here for a while because, honestly, my heart hurts when I see people, able people, people with a chance, people with an opportunity not follow through or not do it, all because of the number one cause for failure. You see, all of us have 24 hours in a day. We all have a chance to do something with our lives. And you have to ask yourself, why is it that so few do? And so on tonight's call, I'm going to spend the next 50 minutes explaining to you the number one cause for failure in your life, the number one cause of failure in other people's lives. You see, I've been doing training seminars for the last uh, 15 years. I started out in business 16 years ago. For the last 15 years, I've been doing training seminars with a little, you know, little short retirement after I had baby number five. Um, but for years and years and years, I've trained tens of thousands of people from all over the world. And I've equipped people uh, to do the things that I had done in business. Why? Because I have a heart to do that. I want to see people succeed, partially because I know where I came from. I came from the worst possible situation that I personally could come from. I know if we compare stories, you know, some of you might have be starting off worse than me. But the, that story and how bad it is is truly not the issue. What the issue is is what are you going to do from here? Where are you going to go from here? What will you accomplish from here? Who will you affect from here? What difference will you make from here? Not only in your life, but in your children's life. Not only in your children's life, but in your spouse's life in your church, in your community, in the schools that are that your children are in, in your job, with your coworkers, with your boss. What kind of an impact will you have? That, my friends, is totally up to you. And so my heart hurts for those people that out of straight ignorance, they just don't even realize that they have settled into a habit that is detrimental to their future and their children's future, and their children's, children's, children's future. Let me reveal to you a concept that I have passionately, and I mean passionately, have spoken about for the last 16 years. Why? Because I got over the number one cause for failure 16 years ago, and I refuse to bow down to it again, and have helped thousands and tens of thousands get over their number one cause for failure, and to see them soar and become something that they never even thought was possible. So how did this epidemic start? I don't know, and I don't care. I have a little bit of an idea that this epidemic started probably from the beginning of time with the greatest trickster of all time, a liar, who have absolutely whispered lies into people's ears, and yet it now becomes part of their very mainframe, 
part of their standard method of operation, part of their living, part of their thinking, part of their breathing, all encompasses this one thing. And you want to write this down. The number one cause for failure in human beings, I believe, after working and training with tens of thousands of people, this is a case, this is not, not, you know, some hypothetical thing I read in a book. No, this is, number one, I had to get over it myself. Number two, help thousands of other people get over it. And when I see that they got over it, guess what? They succeeded. That's what's on the other side of this issue, is true success. Success in all areas of your life. Success with your spouse, your children. Success socially, relationally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, and financially. Yes, getting over this one thing that is so minute, so small, and yet most of you do not realize that you are held captive by this one word, held captive in bondage, wrapped in chains, chains around your eyes, chains around your mouth, chains around your ears, around your neck, around your arms, around your body, around your legs, around your feet, chains wrapped everywhere. And 98% of us have this problem. We live in it daily. We don't do anything to get over it. 98% of us have this problem in more than one area in our life, whether it's with our husband, our kids, our time, whatever. Don't you hate it when people give you excuses? That's the number one cause that I've experienced for failure in most people. Excuses. You see, the definition of an excuse in my book is a well-planned lie. And when I look back 16 years ago, and I look at the opportunity that there was to make excuses, oh, my gosh. It frightens me to think about where my life would be today. It frightens me to think about where my friend who introduced me to the business world 16 years ago he was starting in a, in a little, not little, it was a large, you know, environmental business where, you know, they call, your, you know, they tell you to make a list of names and you're supposed to call your friends. And I was on his list of people to call. And can you just imagine? That was my first introduction to business. That was my first introduction to personal development. That was my first introduction uh, to living a life to the fullest. It was the first introduction to people who thought positively and did things with integrity, first introduction ever to a different way of life than where I came from. And I can't imagine if he was afraid to call me, that he used some lame excuse like, well, you know, she's only 19, or, well, you know, I don't really know if it's going to work for her, or, you know, it's probably not for her anyway. She's probably too young to understand it. Oh, my goodness. What if my friend had an excuse not to call me? It frightens me to think that my destiny was literally in the palm of his hands as to whether or not he would do one of two things. One, have an excuse or get some results. You see, tonight's call will reveal to you the major stumbling block that exists in most people who have settled for less who have given up on the full potential of their life, and they don't even know why they've given up, and they don't even know how 
they've even settled. They, they just don't even know how. How did I do that? So tonight I'm going to help you, number one, re- reveal the excuses that you have so that you can get better and not putting up with other people's excuses, whether you are working a part-time business from home or you're a doctor and you're telling your patient that they need to change their diet or they're going to die. And yet they give you a bunch of excuses as to how they can't do that. Whether you're a dentist who, you know, you're telling your patient you're going to lose your teeth if you don't start doing this, and yet they lie to you and say, oh, I'll give it my best shot, but yet here they come six months later with three more cavities. Another excuse. Have you ever had people give you the runaround? Oh, yeah, you know, I've got a, a movie producer that I've worked with, and, you know, people, you know, when she goes out trying to sell her movies, guess what? People give her excuses. You know, not right now is not the right time. You know, why don't you give me a call, you know, next fall? Whatever. However which way they want to say it, it's still some lame excuse. Don't you hate getting excuses from your kids? You tell them to clean their room and they give you some lame excuse. Oh, I ran out of time and I had to do this and then and I had to. Don't you just, doesn't that just, like, frustrate you? It infuriates me. Excuses drive me crazy. And I come to find out that my uh, being driven crazy by excuses actually wasn't all that bad of a thing. Um, even the scriptures points out how God hates excuses, which I think was hilarious. And we're supposed to hate what he hates and love what he loves. And excuses are one of the things that, that totally burns him with anger. There's several places in the Bible where people gave him excuses and he just burned with anger, Moses being one of them. But doesn't that drive you crazy? People giving you lame excuses, cheap little excuses. Excuses that just plain old don't matter. I mean, it just and, and some of them, which is pathetic, is that some of you believe some of those excuses and you just kind of go along with it, and, and it's okay. And so do you want to get more equipped to no longer put up with people's lives? Do you want to get more equipped to no longer deal with their lame excuses? Do you want to no longer be subject to them and have your life depend on whether or not people around you have excuses? That part really stinks. Do you understand what I just said? Then see, some of you, let's say that you're trying to build a business, right? You're trying to build a business, and yet everybody you talk to gives you some kind of lame excuse, like, right now it's not the right time, or I don't have the money, I need to talk to myself. They really need to think it over. Right? You get those kind of lame excuses? Well, can't you see that until you learn how to handle those excuses, deal with those excuses, your future is, hello, hanging out. Your future is totally hanging out, waiting for other people to get over their excuses. And so can you see clearly that that is no way to build a future? It's on other people's excuses. It's not. So there's two ways to get over it, to help your help yourself, to equip yourself to get beyond other people's excuses. Well, number one, which I've already mentioned, is you have to get over your own. You clearly have to get over your own excuses. You see, I want you to look right now, and if you look on a scale of 1 to 10, okay, if you look on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate yourself on how you live your life in terms of what excuses are? Now, see, some of you right now are manifesting so terribly because you really wish I'd unmute this line so you could argue with me and tell me, no, really, I have some good, solid reasons why I can't build my business. I have some really good, solid reasons why I'm very upset with my spouse. I have some really good, solid reasons why I was laid off. You know what? Go ahead and stay just like that. Keep arguing and defending your reasons instead of propelling yourself forward to get results. You have a choice. You see, most of us have been so condemned. 
to believe our excuses instead of finding the will to find the way to get out of the situation that we're in. And so we live in why not land. Okay, we live in the land that says, well, if only. I wish I would. I wish I could have. Oh, I should have back in 1979. You know what? All I have to say is there is going to be a day that your last breath is taken. And do you want to look back before that breath is taken and feel fully satisfied that you gave it your best shot, you gave it your all wholeheartedly to live your life the way you wanted to? Or do you want to be like the cab driver that Hans and I had this past weekend? It was so sad, man. My eyes filled up with tears when I got out of that cab. I just went, how sad. And you know what this man said? I said, so, Randall, how long have you been driving cab? Oh, 22 years. Oh, my goodness, that's incredible. He says, no, not really. He says, it's a terrible job. Okay, well, you know, you must make good money doing this. No, not really. So are you married? No, heck no. How can I marry anybody when I've got a bottom-of-the-barrel job like this? So did you ever have any kids? No way. He goes, why would I ever want to put anybody else through this kind of misery? These are, I'm not kidding you. This is what he said to me, right? So I'm like, I mean, my eyes are still on up with tears. I'm like, this man has no hope, no hope at all, no dreams. No vision. Gave up on the opportunity to have a wife and children. And looking back, he says, well, you know, I took the bottom of the barrel job, so if I'm going to work these kind of jobs, how can I make anybody else suffer along with me? Why would I ever do anything like that to a kid? Wow. So then I'm, I mean, I'm feeling bad for him. I want to bless him. And I said, hey, have you ever tried a chocolate-covered sorry? Because I had an extra one, and I want to bless him. He goes, no, I got diabetes. Can't eat anything like that. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I got out of the car, and I said, bless you, Randall. And it was done. Gosh, is that what you want to become? Is that who you want to be? Is that how you want to live? Because Randall was truly a great representation of 98% of the population. And here who was in the back of his cab was a former homeless woman. A former homeless woman was in the back of that car. And yet, where where was his life? Uh, stuck in this ridiculous job for 22 years. Negative. No hope. No dream. No future. No nothing. Is that where you want to be? We have been totally conditioned for mediocrity. Completely tricked by a liar to settle for less and to give up. The lie sounds something like this. Don't hope. Don't dream. Don't be happy because those things don't work anyway. You don't want to hope because, you know, you're just going to get disappointed. Don't dream because, you know, that's never going to happen. You're going to end up frustrated and disappointed. Don't be happy because happiness never lasts anyway. And so you might as well not even waste your time because you're going to wind up being negative anyhow. So you might as well just stop at negativity to begin with anyway. Wow. So what's the alternative? To wallow in hopelessness, despair, apathy, self-pity, and self-hate? Is that the alternative? To settle for less in a comfort zone that really is not comfortable? We have been so conditioned to, number one, hope for things that don't exist, kind of like, you know, the lottery. To hope for things that are, like, 
my new possibility of actually making work for ourselves, you know, like uh, perfection, never going to happen. And so we stop trying. We stop advancing. We stop improving. And so, again, scale of 1 to 10, where do you rate yourself? Where do you put your line of excuses that you use? Where is your willingness to do whatever it takes to make it on that scale of 1 to 10? I want you to look at that. Because if you have a life that is surrounded by people with a bunch of excuses, the reason is, I'm sorry to say this, my brother or my sister, it is because you live a life of excuses yourself. You need to look in the mirror and evaluate and say, whoa, are your kids constantly giving you excuses? Is your spouse giving you excuses? Are your coworkers giving you excuses? Are you getting, are you, are, are people that you're trying to build a business with giving you excuses? Then you have to do the one most important thing is to look at yourself and say, wow, am I living a life of excuses myself? Why? Because write this down. We attract who we are. I'm going to say that again. We attract who we are. Birds of a feather flock together. I'm going to say that again. Birds of a feather flock together. So if you're surrounded by people filled with excuses, then that is a full-on reflection on yourself, as it was on me, of a person filled with excuses. So there's a few things that I want to help you with concerning that. And I want to expose this absolute lie that some of us are living. In any place I pray right now that God shows me, what other place do I have where I have excuses? You see, it could be, you know, oh, you know, I just don't have the right personality to succeed. You know, my past is just so scarred of people like me, you know, don't make it in anything. That was my excuse. Do you have another excuse that I had of, you know, I'm, I was young and I'm a female who's uneducated? Do you have one of those excuses? How about this one, my favorite? I don't know how to do it, right? Or that's just not me, okay? I don't know how to do it or that's just not me, okay? These are, these are excuses. You know, gosh, you know, I just don't have the time. There's a great one. I don't have the time. You know, and I, I'm not really good at talking to people. You know, I'm not computer illiterate. I don't know how to do those kinds of things. You know, I like to think everything over first before I ever make a move. How about this one? This one's hilarious. Okay, like, for example, right now we're about 85% uh, first steps of success coming up this weekend in L.A. It's 85% full right now, right? Well, that means that there is a tremendous amount of people flying in from all over the world, actually, who have gotten over their excuses. They have. And many of them did not have the money. Yeah, they didn't have the money. And yet they found a way, whether they – Borrowed it, they begged for it, sold a vehicle for it, just like what was in Boston. Oh, my gosh, man, this heartfelt story that came out of Boston was crazy. Uh, a woman and her husband who happened to be there, she got up and gave her testimony that, that uh, you know, her husband, she had gone to her husband with tears after a conference call like this and just said, I have to go to Boston. I have to go to Boston. Honey, I have to get there. Our life is never going to get any better until we make a change, and the change has to start with getting to first steps of success. That man heard and saw the passion in his wife and sold his truck, sold his truck for the money for the two of them to fly to Boston, and they did. How awesome is that? That's the will 
that's willing to find the way. And so it is a crack up to me. You know, excuses like, uh, you know, well, I need to talk to my husband or, you know, I'm not a salesperson or I'm just kind of one of those quiet, shy people. You know, I don't know anybody anyway. I'm afraid of flying. Uh, you know, I don't like to drive. I don't think it's going to work anyway. Because, you know, it doesn't work for people like me. Here's what's so sad. Every excuse that I just mentioned, I have watched people have and get over them. Every single one of these that I just said to you, I have watched people have them and get over them, finding a way to get over it. And yet yet there's still people that sit out there not willing to get over it. And it's horrible. It's sad. And so on your scale of 1 to 10, where, do you, where did you rate yourself? A 5? A seven, an eight, a one, meaning one is that, you know, uh, you have no excuses. Ten is you, you use a lot of excuses. Where are you on that? Scale of one to ten, where are you on a wholehearted commitment and willingness to find a way? One meaning not at all, ten meaning yes. Hugely. Hugely wholehearted out there going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. So please, for the rest of the call, we have about 20 minutes left together. Don't argue with me. Don't sit there manifesting, defending your position. If you want to be able to have that champion spirit, then you have to step up and say, you know what? I have had a mouthful of excuses, and it has to stop, and it has to stop right here, right now. And it truly does. You truly have to get right with yourself, to get right with your God, get real, and say, what do I have to do? to no longer find an excuse, but instead to find a way. Let me give you an example. And this is when you're dealing with even, um, you know, other people that you're trying to get help them get started in a business. Doesn't that crack you up? You get you sign somebody up, let's say, in a program, right? And that person says, oh, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to go here, and I want to go there, right? And all of a sudden, they fall off the face of the planet, right? And then you may get a hold of them, and they wind up saying something like, you know, this really just isn't for me. I got to thinking, and this really isn't for me. If you actually were able to dig a little deeper and say, really, what do you mean by that, or why do you say that, you would find that there would be just a whole load of excuses that are sitting there with that person. That's, that's all that's there. Well, you know, I tried one of these things before, and it didn't work, or I had an uncle that did one of these things back in 1972, and it didn't work for him. He still has a garage full of soap. You know, whatever. I mean, you you find that there's a, a boatload of excuses that they're handing over to you, and they do. Some people, in fact, here's another excuse that cracks me up. They use God as an excuse. That one totally cracks me up. Had a woman, so funny, who confessed to us in um, in Boston. This is a crack up. Uh, her daughter had been to two first steps. Her whole life has been majorly transformed. I mean, majorly transformed. This young lady is making thousands of dollars a month now. Her husband uh, came to first steps. Their marriage has totally been healed. I mean, they had a terrible, terrible time uh, being, getting along with each other, had some major issues that were going on inside there. She's about to leave them. Marriage completely healed. They, their spiritual life has been totally restored. Their marriage has been restored. Their finances have been restored. I mean, major miracles have happened, right? So she's been to two of these first steps and several coaching classes and things like that. She winds up telling her mom, Mom, you have to go to Boston. You have to go to Boston. Well, this is what her mother says to her. She says, you know what? You know, I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, if the Holy Spirit tells me that I should go, then I'll go, Right? She hangs up the phone. Now, here, here you go. This is one of my classic favorite all-time excuses uh, that there's a special place 
on God's hand left for this person's behind when they when they live their life um, kind of like how this woman had confessed. She said, Danny, she says, when you said this, oh, my gosh, she says, did you ever get me? And this is what it was. She got off the phone with her daughter, okay, not even thinking twice that she would actually go and ask what she said, the Holy Spirit to tell me whether or not I should go. She said that she got so convicted and she heard from God himself and he said, you never asked me. And she just went, she said, I fell to my knees. Oh, my gosh, forgive me. She was using God as an excuse not to do what she was supposed to do. Do you do that? Well, if it be the Lord's will, oh, man, do I want to smack some of those people. Let me tell you something what isn't the Lord's will. You being in poverty, you being in debt, you being lifeless, dreamless, hopeless, depressed, that is not the will of God. And yet people use that as an excuse all the time. Well, I'll pray about it. Oh, my gosh. What in the world is there to pray about? Here is a chance for you to get out of debt, to further your life, to change the next generation forever in your family, as I have mine. If I had not gotten started when I got started, never would have met my husband, never would have the children that I have today, and have a debt-free life that we have. Never, ever. It would have happened. Where else could it have happened for someone like me? There wasn't another place. And yet people all the time use this. Well, you know, we'll just see. Oh, see what? How many more years of destitution do you need before you make a decision? How much more time do we need to think about making a decision before even looking at the fact that, hello, you know, maybe the fact that, you know, you're in, maybe in debt. Or that, uh, you know, everything's in shambles, stressed out, overworked, underpaid, you know, looking at your, uh, the future of your career going, oh, you know, where is it going? And then here you've got something that lands on your lap and here we go, oh, well, you know, I'm going to think about it. That's just an excuse. It is. And so if those are the kind of excuses, and this is what you need to look at, it's one of the most common excuses that you hear from other people. And that is a direct reflection on maybe some of the excuses that you have for yourself. That's what you want to look at. Okay, so if I'm hearing all the time I need to think about it, or if you're having people that are not willing to commit, I want you to look in the mirror and go, okay, where am I that way? Am I that way with my businesses? Am I that way with my spouse? Am I that way with my kids? Am I that way, period? Afraid to make a commitment to dream again. Afraid to make a commitment to hope again. Because if that is what you are, you will provoke that in other people around you. Clearly you will provoke that in other people. So here are some common uh, excuses that you're going to hear from people. And I know they're going on right now because there's so many of you right now. In fact, we're getting emails. Uh, I got I looked at several emails today, in fact, alone. Danny, please equip me. I'm trying to help my team to get to Los Angeles, but they just keep giving me a bunch of excuses. I, I got you. I know. I hear the cry of your heart. I know many of you, many, I mean, there's hundreds of you that have emailed us um, uh, over the last year, two years, to say, how do I get more people in front of the system? I need to get more people there. I understand. Many of you right now are dealing with a major frustration. And, again, this is this is where it, once your um, temperature gauge changes, once you get stronger in, in uh, tackling over your own excuses, then you no longer put up with other people's excuses. And so, for example, and this is where, where some people are at right now, right? You know, here we are Monday. We're going to be there on Saturday. And this is what you're dealing with. So funny to me. Let me prove to you. All these things I just gave you were just nothing but a pile of lies. Here's the proof. Okay, let's say that you have a sick child, and I've, I've given this example for man, 15 years or more. It's hilarious. I heard somebody say it the other day and reminded me about it. Let's just say 
that you have a child, the child is sick, deathly ill, and I am Dr. Johnson, okay? And uh, Dr. Johnson comes out and says, you know what, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I have some terrible news for you. Uh, your daughter, as you had expected, she's not doing well. Um, in fact, she's going to die. And unfortunately, there is no cure right now. There's nothing I can do myself uh, to be able to save her life. But I do have some uh, good news, uh, you know, on, on the horizon with this bad news. Um, the bad news is she is going to die. The good news is, is that there really is a there is a prescription uh, that is available at the pharmacy, um, and and that prescription costs four thousand dollars for just one bottle of this particular prescription. It has been known to ha to prolong a person's life uh, and to help to take care of any pain, any suffering that they're having. And, and, uh, to prolong, in other words, to slow down the disease at such a, uh, to slow it down to such a minute rate that the person winds up living longer. And the reality is, is that by then we're sure that we'll have some kind of a, a permanent cure to be able to, to help out. Uh, so the good news is there is a prescription, but the bad news is that, uh, that it costs $4,000. And, and so what I will tell you is that if your uh, daughter does not get this prescription in her body within the next 48 hours, I'm sorry, you are going to lose her. She will have permanent brain damage, and there's nothing we can do about permanent brain damage. So uh, you need to uh, make a decision right now. Let me ask you something. What would you do in that situation? Please tell me. If you were in that situation, what would you do? Let's say you're totally broke. Let's say you are maxed out on your credit cards. Let's say you just lost your job. You and your, you and Mr. and Mrs. Smith both lost their job. What would you do? You have a child that is dying and there is a prescription that costs $4,000 and you don't have the money. What would you do? You tell me. If you're anything like me who is a parent, there would be nothing, nothing that would stop you from finding $4,000 for that prescription within the next 48 hours. Nothing. Life or death. You know that you would do whatever it takes for life. Whether it was knocking on doors in a neighborhood, whether it was borrowing from everybody that you know, whether you went to, you know, 40 people and asked for $100 a piece, whether you started just telemarketing for some cash, my daughter's dying, I need to raise some money, can you please tell me? You would find a way. No question. And that's what I love about the human spirit, and that's what I love about you guys that are on the phone with me right now. Because there's something in you that says there has to be more to life than this. There's something inside of you that says, I don't want to settle for less. I don't want to live a life filled with doubt and unbelief. I don't want to live a life that's going nowhere, that means nothing. That's why you're on this call. It's because you know there has to be more to life than what you're living. And so that very same passion that would get you on the phone to find that $4,000, not in 48 hours, because you don't want a moment to go by of brain damage happening in your child, you would find a way. You would do whatever it takes. And so would your prospect. So would anybody on this planet. Put in the situation, they would do whatever it takes. That, doesn't that just prove to you? That when somebody says to you, I don't have the money, it's just an excuse. Just like many of you right now, you're thinking, okay, well, you know, here's the Los Angeles seminar that's coming up, or let's say you're trying to get qualified in a certain position in your company, and you're just thinking, you know, well, I, I just can't afford it. Really? Well, wherever it is that you would go and find that $4,000 to save your child's life, 
go there and get it. Go there and get it. You see, you would not take no for an answer. You see, you would not stop at somebody saying, well, call me in a month. I'm sorry, I don't have a month. I have to do this now. Do you see what I mean? That determination that you had even once as a child, that total persistence of not giving up until you get what you want. And see, unfortunately, most of us have settled in such a rut, have settled in such mediocrity that we don't even know what that passion feels like anymore. We don't even know what, what that uh, fervent uh, urgency feels like anymore because we've gotten in such a status quo life of a rut. You know, everything just day in and day out looks pretty much the same. Everything's all scheduled. Everything's just all wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful? When was the last time you had that fire burning inside? I will tell you this, that if you were to live your life as though you did not have tomorrow, you were to live today as though tomorrow was not going to exist, it would blow your mind what you could get done. It would blow your mind what skills rose up in you. It would blow your mind how you would experience a passion and a drive. It would just totally blow your mind. So, Dr. Johnson talking to Mr. and Mrs. Smith, good and bad news. I know that there is that thing inside of you, that human spirit inside of you, that would do whatever it takes to make it. No question. Here's another thing. It's so funny to me. You know, people say, you know, I'll, I'll wait till next month. That just, that one cracks me up. Okay, so let's say that you do. Let's say that you do wait till next month. This is a crack up to me. i got to read this to you. This is so funny. Had a young lady by the name of Kelly um, who came to First Steps in Boston, right? Within 20 hours of leaving uh, Boston, she had signed up her first broker, okay? And within, uh, it, and signed up four brokers and six members uh, in that in that time. I mean, isn't that crazy? Got promoted to her very first level. Okay, by August 22nd, all right, this is like 10 days later, she worked 20 hours, wind up getting all this done. Okay, now let me ask you this. So here she winds up with 10 new people in her business, right? 10 new people in, in 10 days, less than 10 days, actually 9 days, right? 20 hours worth of work, 10 new people. What if she would have waited until L.A.? She had never done this before, had never gotten anybody started before. What if she had waited another month? Well, I'll tell you what, these ones that were primed and ready to get started would have signed up with somebody else. That's what I'll tell you. Did you hear what I just said? You can never buy back yesterday. You can only fully maximize today and tomorrow. Did you hear me? You cannot buy back yesterday. You cannot buy back last week. But you can only fully maximize today and tomorrow. That's it. And so the question is, is are you fully maximizing today? Are you going to fully maximize tomorrow? You see, so many of us are putting things off, putting off things until next week, putting things off till next month. How in the world can you expect people to step up with urgency if you're not living a life of urgency yourself? You have to ask yourself that. How in the world can I expect my prospect to jump on a plane and go to Los Angeles if I'm not, if I'm saying I'll go next month? If you're building your business with the mentality of, or you're living your life with the mentality of, I'll take care of that six months from now. I'll do that next week. You can't expect for you to lead an organization that is willing to step up now. If we are not willing to step up now, then we certainly cannot lead a people who are willing to step up now. If we're not willing to do what it takes to get it done now, then we certainly can't lead a people that are going to get it done now. However which way that you live is how you lead. And so here, let me tell you something that's detrimental, and I'm just going to tell you this straight up, straight up so you know what to expect. 
if we're going to live our life to I'll put it off till next month, I'll go next time, or I'll wait for it to come to me, let me tell you a hardcore trick just so that you know, just so that you know, so that you are not building a business blindly. This is what you can and will experience, all right? What you will experience is you trying to get somebody started in a business and then telling you to call you back in a month. What you will experience are your people getting started and saying, you know what, right now is not a good time. Why don't you call me back in two months and my kids will be back in school and everything will be much better now. Okay? What you can expect is for somebody to say, you know what, I'll go ahead and get these products, but I want to wait till next month before I sign up for my auto ship. Right? You can sign somebody up, uh, you know, for the little bottom little package there that, you know, doesn't make anybody any money, including the person that's signing up. And they say, you know, I want to wait until I get paid on Friday. Whatever we sow, we reap. And so if we are living our life waiting for the perfect circumstance, and we will attract people that will wait for the perfect circumstance in order for them to do anything with their life as well. Birds of a feather flock together. So, yes, go ahead. You go ahead, right ahead and you wait till next time. But what I promise you is this. Number one, and this is just so you know. This is just so you know. I could care less, guys. We're, LA is going to sell out. Bottom line, we're 85% full right now. It will be a sold out crowd. We will be turning people away. Okay, we only have so much space. We're almost there right now. Uh, gosh, I think, I don't know, I think it's like 87 people in the last seven days have, have signed up for first step. That's crazy. Record, this event will sell out like most of the events have throughout the whole year. So I don't need you there, but what I am telling you is this. Just so you know, you are going to have to learn now how to deal with people's I'll wait mentality. And you will never be effective dealing with the I wait, I'll wait till next month or call me in two weeks or I get paid next Friday, right? So wait for the perfect circumstances to get themselves started. Wait for the perfect, perfect circumstances to get themselves getting busy. That is what you're sowing. That if you live like that, then all that you can attract to your business are people like that. Don't you tire of that? Aren't you sick of it? I would be. Absolutely clearly. So just so you know, that is what you're sowing. Is that I'll wait crowd of people. That's who it is. Number two, here's the second thing that you need to be aware of that you will and can expect, okay? And that is this. No matter what, people are out there. The fruit is on the vine waiting to be harvested. Got it? And it is those who are equipped to harvest are the ones that are going to wind up with the most fruit in their basket. If you are not equipped with the skill with the determination, if you are not equipped with the ability, if you are not equipped with the strategies to close out 2005, then guess what? You cannot expect to have a basket filled with fruit because you don't know how to pick it yet. Are you with me? That is like this, and this one totally cracks me up too. I had this conversation with a professional last week. Okay, I want you to take two professions. Let's take a doctor and a dentist, right? Here's a doctor and a dentist. Both earn a six-figure income, right? Both have uh, expertise. Some of them earn seven figures. I'm going to take two six-figure income earning, one doctor, one dentist. Both have expertise. Both earn a successful income. Both do well. Got it? Now, let's say for a moment you are the dentist. I am the doctor, all right? And this is just, again, to help you realize your excuse, figure out how you're going to get over it. 
You're the dentist. I'm the doctor. Tomorrow, we are going to switch jobs. Now, check this out. Let me show you what happens when you sew excuses. You and I switch jobs tomorrow. I walk into your dental practice. You walk into my doctor's office. Got it? No, let's say I'm an ER doctor. That's even better example. The dentist shows up on the job at the emergency room at the hospital. Gotcha? Oh, yes. He's looking for his drill. What good is that going to do him? And the doctor who shows up at the dentist's office looking for a scalpel. Oh, he's going to cut that tooth out. Did you hear me? What I'm telling you is this. Our excuse of this, and this cracks me up, and here's, how, here's what the road looks like. And here's the road of the people that you're allowing to live a life full of excuses. You're allowing your distributors to live their life filled with excuses uh, when you're not willing to get over them yourself so that you have strength and authority to stand against those excuses and say, you know what, we're going around this excuse. We have got to find a way to help you out. Because if you don't do it now, your life is going to stay the same. And I fear that if that happens for you, you're never going to get on that path that you said you wanted to go on. So it has to happen. It has to happen now. Okay? So here, here you go. Dentist and a doctor swapping jobs. How successful is that dentist going to be at the emergency room? Here comes the car crash. Ambulance brings in a bunch of victims. How effective is this six-figure experienced dentist going to be at the emergency room? Please tell me. Not effective at all. But is he good at what he does? Yes. He's great at what he does. Does he have experience? Yes. Is he successful? Yes. But he doesn't have experience in the field where he is sitting in right then and there. And so here's what excuses do for people. What it does is it, is it looks something like this. They get started in a business, right? And, you know, first of all, you know, they may buy the bottom kit or they might buy the middle kit, but they're certainly not going to get any leads started for themselves. And they certainly don't want to invest into any training, right? You don't want to do that, right? So here they get out there and they start making calls and they start trying to make things happen. They might call five or ten of their friends and pretty much what happens is they wind up just having a whole bunch of uh, excuses that they're getting from their prospects. And excuses are, you know, oh, you know, I, you know, right now it's not a good time. You know, I can meet with you sometime in two weeks or why don't you give me a call next month? You know, they start hearing all these kinds of things, right? So then what happens is they wind up going, you know, oh, gosh, you know, I don't really know if this is for me or not. And it's sad and it's unfortunate, but that's what a lot of people wind up doing, right? So once they do, once they sit in, in that kind of a land, then, you know, all of a sudden you can't get a hold of them anymore. Why? Because, and here's what's sad, they have all the potential in the world to be able to make it happen, yet they lack the skill and, and uh, the strategy to be able to make the thing become effective, which is very sad, right? So then this is what happens. So then now they lack the skill and the ability, so now they wind up talking themselves out of the very thing that they had hoped was going to work for them. Why? They have no skill for that profession. That is like a dentist walking into an ER room and getting upset with himself because he doesn't know what to do. Getting upset with himself because he killed the patient. Why? Because he doesn't know how to be a doctor. That's why. But is he a failure? No. He's a success. He's already had a track record of success. He just lacks the skill or the experience in a different field. And unfortunately, that is most people in our industry. Most people in our industry have success in other areas of their life but because they lack the skill and the experience in this new career, a new business venture that they're in, they wind up going, I'll forget it, and they quit and walk off and say, forget it anyway, which is so sad. All because of why? Because they don't have the experience or the skill. Now, these two professionals, 
invested 10 years of their life to get the experience and the skill that they have in their fields. You try to swap them out, they're going to fail. It's that simple. Let me ask you this. Where are you coming from? What experience do you have? You see, I was talking to a lady that, that, that did sales, you know, and she was thinking, you know, I don't need to go to First Steps because, you know, I've, I've already got sales experience. I just went, wow. I said, well, let me ask you something. I said, let's just say for a moment here that you show up on my job tomorrow and I show up on yours. How effective will I be in your sales position? And she chuckles. She goes, you wouldn't, you wouldn't last. Why? Is it because I don't know how to sell? And she goes, no, not at all. You just don't know how to market what I do. You're exactly right. How familiar would I, would I be with your policies, your paperwork, the format, the verbiage? I wouldn't succeed at all, and neither would she and mine. But that's not to say that we can't learn how to do it, right? And so, so oftentimes, our excuses, our very excuses like, you know, I'll wait till next month, or I can't afford it, or, or um, you know, I need to think about it, or I don't really have the time. All of those excuses then lead us to failures, and those failures lead us to depression, hopelessness, lack of confidence, lack of understanding, and really pretty much one big fat rut. That's what it leads to, an excuse. Let me say that again. An excuse will lead you down a road of frustration. Why? Because an excuse will say, you know what, I'm not going to commit all the way because what if this thing doesn't work for me? Gosh. Man, it works for those who wholeheartedly get themselves trained, who wholeheartedly work this thing with a strong commitment, who wholeheartedly put everything that got into it with no excuse, and they make it happen. That's with anything. That's what makes a marriage successful. That's what makes your walk with your God successful. Yes, wholeheartedly seeking him first, wholeheartedly committed and dedicated to, to his ways and what he wants done. That makes a successful life with your God. That's what makes a successful parent. A parent who is wholeheartedly grooming up their children and training them up to be responsible, honest adults who are skilled in various different directions. One, how about self-responsibility? Oh, that would, that's a novel idea. Instead of the whole world revolving around them. You see, an excuse totally stops us from becoming all that we were created to become. All these excuses I've read today, they stop us from maximizing who we are, maximizing our marriages, our walk with our God, our children, our businesses, our finances. It dumbs us out. And the risk taker that you were born to be has been asleep for a long time. So if you truly are sick and tired of the excuses that people have been giving you all of these, all this time, your whole life, then you have to stop living them yourself. Guys, you know what we live in? We live in a generation full of excuses. We live in a, in a generation that is teaching our kids how to have reasons instead of results. We are leading by a poor example. What are we passing down to this next generation that needs strong examples of leadership that they need to see in their parents? Their parents aren't walking around going, well, you know, I just don't have the right personality or, you know, those things never work or those things don't work for me or, you know, I'm not smart enough to make something like that work. Wow. You know what? This is how pathetic um, I am against excuses. I would tell this story and I'll close with this. I got on a family reunion a month ago. 
and I'm, I'm preparing this dessert for my family that is just to die for, okay? I mean, oh, my gosh, this thing is amazing. So good. And I need a blender, like a hand mixer, you know, that you, you, you know, you bake, you use to mix cakes with whatever. You know, a hand mixer, right? Two little beaters that go together. I need a hand mixer to make this particular dessert. It's cream cheese and it's marshmallow cream that needs to be, you know, mixed together just beautifully, right? Like, I'm Italian, my, my cousin's Italian, we show up at this Italian house, right? And, uh, I'm just like, you know, I need, I need a blender, you know, can I borrow your blender? And, and she says, I don't have one. I'm like, what? Do you have a blender? Yeah, do you have a mixer? Do you have one of those hand blenders that you make the smoothies with? She's like, no, no, no. Okay, we're looking around our kitchen. I can see clearly why. I mean, the whole kitchen is filled with knickknacks. The woman doesn't cook, and she's got five kids. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> and she's Italian. I mean, hello? <laughs> I don't get it at all. She has five children. She's Italian, and she doesn't cook. She doesn't have any tools at all in her kitchen, right? So there I am, mixing these ingredients together. It's a triple batch, and I'm stirring, and I'm stirring, and I'm stirring. 15, 20, 20 minutes later, I am still stirring. It is not working. The thing is melting. It's turning into gross. Looks like cottage cheese at this point, right? Well, you know what? There I am going, okay, I have a choice here. Now, you also have the same choice. Let's say you're in the same setting. Most people would wind up throwing the dessert out and just serving the fruit that you bought. Just saying, oh, well, she didn't have a blender. Oh, well. Right? That's most people. Oh, man, I want to cry. Most people that get started, there's some of you right now that you started in a business. And you're going to make five or ten calls. You're going to make two to three hundred calls with no skill, right? No skill. You're taking past experience going, you know what? I did good over here. I should be able to do over here. You're right. A dentist, you know, uh, is good at being a dentist, but he can't expect himself to operate on somebody in an emergency room. That's, like, totally asinine. That's, like, complete ignorance. What a horrifying, ridiculous, ignorant expectation of himself. If a dentist actually thought he should be able to successfully perform open-heart surgery on somebody and actually not kill the person, it ain't going to happen. It's the same. Some of you have started yourself in a business. You started yourself in a venture because you want to get out of debt or you want to send your kids to college or, or you want to send more money into missions or you want you want to lose weight or, or you want to feel better. You want to get out there and make a difference in someone's life, right? And here's what's so sad. You're going to take where you're at right now. Maybe you have success in something else. And when this thing does not work for you, whatever it is, whatever venture you start, when it doesn't work for you, you'll wind up quitting. And saying, you know what, it just didn't work out. Or, you know what, I just didn't have the personality. Or I just didn't have the time. Or I just didn't have the money to go to that training center in Los Angeles. Or I just, you know, I just couldn't get anyone to say yes. Not even realizing that you're just lacking some training. You're just lacking some skill, real life skill. Right? So here I am. Now, and this is most people, 98% of the population should be looking at the dessert and, and put it right down the garbage disposal and say, forget it. Oh, well. Right? But I've been so ridiculously trained not to live a life of excuses. I was a nutcase. <laughs> so there I am with my whole family, right? And they're like, what are you going to do, honey? You know, you've been in here for an hour trying to make this thing work. What are you going to do? I just throw it away. Just throw it away. That's what they're saying to me. So guess what I said? I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go door knocking and find somebody with a stinking hand mixer. That's what I said. And do you know what I did? And they all said, no, no, don't do that. Don't go do that. Come on, you make a fool of yourself. Okay. I ran across the street. I knocked on three doors. Guess what? I found a hand mixer. I did it. And I told the person, I said, this is so ridiculous. I promise I won't steal it from my cousin lives across the street. Is there any way I can borrow your hand mixer? Uh, sure. Borrowed the hand mixer, returned it, served up that dessert, and everybody was so glad that I did. <laughs> People go, whoa, was in that stuff? Oh, my gosh, this is so good. This stuff was better than sex. Seriously. Why? 
Because where there's a will, there's a way. And see, there are some of you that by this call, I pray, that it has made an impact on just one of you. That where you're about to give up and about to give in, back into a rut, back into hopelessness, back into living a life of total mediocrity, back to living a life with no excitement. You know what's exciting? Right now, you're booking a flight to Los Angeles, right? Doing something spontaneous. When was the last time you did that? <laughs> something spontaneous. Something that you normally would never do in a million years. And you actually step out and you do it. There's going to be some of you coming to me in L.A. saying, hey, I was that one. I was on the Monday night call. I wasn't coming. I got over it. I'm here. And you will have results because you did it. In fact, you probably have more than, than most people because of what you went through to get there. So for some of you, here you are in that business like I was with that dessert. No hand mixer. And some of you are going to just give in and give up. And that breaks my heart. <laughs> Because I know who I was, and I know where I came from. And I know the life that, that God has blessed me with today. Why? Because I chose not to anger my God with a bunch of excuses. I chose to step out in faith. I chose to step up out of my rut and do something better with my life. Or some of you are going to be like I was, and you're going to go door knocking, <laughs> begging, borrowing, doing whatever you can to get the mixer. You're going to beg, borrow the money. You're going to ask a bunch of people, can I borrow? I'll return it in 30 days. You're going to do whatever it takes as though you were that that wife or that husband with the child that is sick and you need the $4,000 for the prescription. You see where there's a will, there's a way. And it's that determination and commitment, that wholehearted commitment that is what's going to take you out of where you're at right now and help you to get to where you want to go. It's going to take you out of that so-called uh facade of a comfort zone and have you rise up above it to see what life is really like to live it, to live it to the fullest each and every day instead of giving in to doubt, giving up to unbelief, giving in to circumstances. No, you will be one that rises up out of those circumstances and finds a way to make it happen at all costs without giving up, giving it your absolute best shot because your best is good enough. And, folks, that's what our children need to see. That's what our communities need to see. A people, a chosen generation, to rise up, to rise up out of apathy, to rise up of no vision, and to step up and go forward and to do what many have done before us. Could you imagine giving your kids that gift? My mom gave me that gift when she broke her neck and refused to die and refused to stay paralyzed. She gave me that gift. I pray that tonight you got just a little bit of a glimpse of a look in your life that's saying, you know what, I've had enough excuses. It's time. The time is right now that I do something drastic, that I do something extraordinary, and it's going to start right here, right now.